Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Roll the Quadcast, a Blogger So Dear podcast where little old Charlie Brown is still trying to kick that football. Blogger So Dear is the go-to website for the best independent analysis of Wake Forest athletics. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of the Blogger So Dear Recruit Report. I'm Whit Harwood, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Ned Harwood. We've got a jam-packed show for you today, so might as well jump right in. Ned, you ready to roll? Let's get after it. All right, on the football field, Brendan Clark, 2019 four-star top 100 quarterback commit. He committed basically within 24 hours of us doing our last show, so maybe we were good luck. But Brendan Clark now becomes the focal point of the 2019 class. Let's talk a little bit about him. Is this the first recruiting win from the military bowl win? Yeah, I mean, it is a huge commitment. Brandon Clark, absolute stud. He's a top 250 player in the entire country, top 10 quarterback commit. He loved Wake's academic medical program as well as the football program and where Dave Clawson is taking this. Um, and, and he can really toss it. If you watch his huddle film, film he's one of the best true throwers we're gonna have, we've had uh, in the last uh, 20 years or so. So he's going to be a great commitment and be able to use since he committed early to recruit other players to the class and make sure 2019 is a success. He's going into his junior year. He's obviously had success already, but it was early in his recruiting process, right? Who are the other schools they're going up against? Because this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it did. Uh, Maryland was after him a little bit and they had offered. Clemson had scouted him, uh, but they usually don't offer 2019s this early, particularly someone that they haven't uh, seen a lot of. So, right. um, he definitely didn't get a ton of offers and Wake was able to capitalize on the fact that um, they were after him early and he was looking for a great academic and great uh, football school and Wake was right that. First committed in the 2019, 2019 class, Sam Hartman coming into the 2018 class. Let's talk a little bit about him. He's a commit, he's a recruit, and he spun it for 444 yards last week. Yeah, I actually just tweeted out a, a hype video, which is one of the coolest game hype videos I've ever seen on Twitter. Um, he, he threw for 450 yards. I really loves Chad Greer and the offense that they run at Oceanside. And so I'm uh, really excited about him. His huddle film looks a lot like Brendan Clark's um, 6'2 quarterback and, and can throw it, uh, throw a variety of passes. So um, he, he's going to be, a, he obviously has had a huge impact on the 2018 class, recruiting others to it. That's why we see guys like Devontae Gordon uh, committing recently. Absolutely. So let's go right into Devontae Gordon within minutes of us hopping off air a couple Sundays back, Devontae Gordon, four-star offensive lineman out of the D.C. area, he commits. And he was also a commit that we weren't really expecting. Yeah, no, he um, had offers. NC State, UVA were the other two in contention there. He had pretty much the most savage interview I've ever seen after the fact, talking about how he was looking for a great football and academic school. NC State was good football, bad academics, and UVA was good academics and bad football. So Wake fits perfectly for him. So welcome, Devontae. We're excited to have you. Um, and another four-star offensive lineman commit is never a bad thing. And we're going to get Taylor Chambers, former Wake offensive lineman, on the pod soon. He's going to break down the game film. Who better to do it uh, than a former Deke himself? Third commitment since we've been on air, Kenneth Dix, 7A all-star out of Georgia. He's a defensive back, number two spark rating in the entire country. The guy's athletic freak. Yeah, so, so a spark rating that kind of measures your, your speed, your power, uh, quickness, um, and so he had one of the, the best spark ratings in the entire nation. 
The other commit in recent years that had a really good spark rating, Cade Carney. He made a huge impact as well, and we can see what he can do with a football uh, based on just his athleticism. So Kenneth Dix, I can't believe that um, we are, he's only a three-star based on being one of Georgia's best talents and a 7A uh, classification all-star, which is one of the best regions in the entire nation. Um, and he had offers from Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Minnesota, Ole Miss. The guy had offers from everywhere, chose Wake Forest as home. That's not a bad thing at all. Let's talk a little bit about the differences between basketball and football recruiting. If you get top 100 basketball commits, you can almost guarantee that you have Sweet 16 and Elite 8 appearances coming on the way. With the Clausen regime, it seems like he's gone with the best athlete available regardless of recruiting, or regardless of recruiting ranking, I should say. Greg Dorch, two-star. That guy's going to play right away as a redshirt freshman. Jesse Bates was a freshman All-American. He was a two-star as well. DJ Taylor, he was a running back in high school for the most part, now going to probably be in the rotation on the, uh, on the linebacking core. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about why some of the football recruiting rankings differ so much from what we actually end up seeing on the field. Yeah, I think it's, for one thing, you don't really, uh, the scouts can see the players a lot less. There's no AAU circuit, and there's so many more um, football players out there, just in high school in general. So if there's 2,000 guys to rank, it's really tough to be able to pin them down to a specific quintile or, or quartile. So in, in basketball, it's fairly easy. There's only maybe 250 premier players. Football, it's tough. You're not going to see guys. You're basing a lot of things off huddle films where the players are picking their own highlights themselves. And so you can get, get a lot of under-the-radar guys. And, and Clawson and the staff so far the last couple of years have been able to find those. So where does the staff go from here? We've got a few names that we're still monitoring, probably three to four commits in a 15-commit class already. Three to four commits we're waiting on and five to six guys that we're kind of still looking at. Yeah, so, so one named Kendall Williamson, we've thrown that out in the last couple of weeks. Um, he visited Wake on 728, and he was going to say he was going to make a quick decision afterwards. He wanted to make a decision by mid-August. Um, and then Stanford came in literally two days after he visited Wake, offered and mentioned how Stanford was his dream offer. He loves the academics. He's a really smart kid, um, and, and he loves the football program as well. Stanford's also a school. They actually are lowest in FBS, and they give us offers. Cause here, here, Michigan State, UVA, and Stanford uh, seem to be leading the way there. Joseph Belletapelli um, said he wanted to make a decision next month. Uh, he's a three-star defensive end out of Heritage, Heritage High School in Raleigh, Georgia, UNC, Maryland, NC State are in the running there. Um, I, I think we have a, a decent, decent shot with him. Uh, really talented player. Getting him on campus maybe a couple more times before he wants to make his decision. Um, will be huge, but if he's only going to make his decision by mid-September, by the start of football season, uh, that's got to come right now. And then Elijah Brown, uh, we've mentioned pretty much every single podcast we've had. Duke, NC State, and Wake seem to be the runners uh, in, in his race. Uh, I think Duke and Wake right now are standing above the rest. He received two crystal ball predictions for Duke a couple weeks ago, but they're both Duke insiders, so you don't really know if they actually have any in information or if they're just kind of guessing at this point. Um, and so I think it's going to come down to those two, and hopefully we can win out. And the last name in the past week, Shamar Jones got an offer. He's a defensive tackle, defensive end out of Pennsylvania. He's a two-star, but he, he performed really well at an opening camp and was the D-line MVP of that camp. And so I think he's a, one of those under-the-radar type guys. Um, and he wants to make a decision shortly. Even though Wake just came in, I think we're going to be in it to the, to the very end. It's us or Indiana. You might have seen Indiana had that kind of controversy this past week where one of their top commitments for the 2017 class um, was ruled ineligible because of their counseling and the fact that they told them to do something wrong. So maybe Wake can use that to their advantage and say, look, Indiana, 
Um, we beat them last year. That's obviously a huge win. And then they're right. also having their own recruiting problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at this point, you have to trust the Clawson staff with two stars, Greg Dorch, two star, Jesse Bates, two star. Those guys both going to play a lot this year. Exactly. Uh, switching over to the basketball court, Dinos leaves, signs a contract uh, in his native Greece uh, with one of the top teams in Europe, actually. How does this affect uh, the 2017s, is it too late? Can they pick up an international prospect? Any finagling they can do? Yeah, unfortunately, Wood, I, th- I think it's a little too late. I mean, the 2017 class, the only really uncommitted prospect right now is Mitchell Robinson, right. the five-star. And he's between what, New Orleans and Kansas? Is yeah. that the first time New Orleans and Kansas have ever gone head-to-head in anything? And will probably be the last, yeah. Um, so Unless it's a one sixteen game in the tournament. Actually, yeah. I, the, New Orleans made the tournament last year. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, didn't play Kansas, though. But regardless, yeah, Mitchell Robinson, we're not going to jump into that race. Um, seems to be a lot of issues. And also, I don't think we could land him because he's looking for either a big score or to stay close to home. So um, 2017 class, I think it's a little too late. In terms of filling it with a grad transfer, the name that we've come up with a little bit is Terrence Thompson. He's a grad transfer out of Marshall. Um, and he averaged, I think, nine and six last year. Uh, had a couple double-digit rebound games, which is exciting. And really all we need from the power forward spot is a guy to get boards and get it out to our guards, right? Johnny Brown and, and Brian Crawford, to get points up. So if you can get a guy who can just eat seven or eight boards a game, that's all we need. But I haven't seen anything that indicates that we're interested in them uh, in the last couple weeks. So um, we might be going in with 11 scholarship players uh, at the end of the day. The 2018 class, it doesn't really change much, right? Because Dinos was a junior. Right. And so he'll, he would have been gone regardless. So whether we're recruiting a big man or not, the staff was already planning on his departure. So the 2018 class, it doesn't change. But it'll be interesting to see if we can hop in on Terrence Thompson over the next couple of days. But bigger picture here, let's talk about Coach Manning's success with bigs. Because John Collins and Dinos, two of the first two bigs he recruited in those first two classes, those guys both signed for over $13 million this summer. John Collins, not a top hundred recruit. Dino's not really even on the radar out of the country. Right. So that is a great story that they can then take to market and then trumpet on the recruiting trail. Yeah, absolutely. And just pitch it to every single big that you want to land. Uh, The couple bigs that we're looking at 2018 class, we'll get into a little bit later, but that's a a perfect thing to say to Nate Roberts, the three-star power forward out of Brewster Academy or or, or Tyree Samuel. Um, That's a perfect thing to say, look, I brought in two under the radar guys. If you think yourself, if you think of yourself as an under the radar uh, power forward and you want to get to the next level, come here to wait. Absolutely. Now let's talk about a couple of guys who've blown up. Eric Bossy, rivals.com produced a list of 10 guys and three of the guys were uh, players that Wake had been recruiting for months and who had had some of the best summers on the AAU circuit. Devin Dotson, he's a guy you've been hot on for a while. Nate Lazuski had one of the top offensive uh, efficiency ratings on all of the AAU basketball tour this year. And Mike DeVoe, a uh, four-star point guard out of Florida. Yeah, so so let's start with Dotson. So uh, Devin Dotson is not coming to come to Wake Forest. Um, That's been decided for the last couple months. He he got – Huge blue blood offers in Arizona. Kansas came into the picture. And so he's not coming to Wake, but he still has a chance to make a huge impact on this class. So let me explain this real quick. So Devin Dotson right now, I think he's going to end up between Kansas and Florida. Um, If he chooses Florida shortly, um, then Florida's point guard spot will then be taken up. And then Mike DeVoe, who's in between Wake and Florida right now, will then hypothetically no longer have a spot unless they find or someone transfers unexpectedly. Um, And so – that could lead to Mike DeVoe then choosing Wake uh, because that's an, his next best option or, or he really loved Danny Manning in the program. So Devin Dotson and where he goes over the next couple months could be a huge indication of how the rest of his class uh, ends up. Um, Nate Lazuski, he's coming. Uh, we, we saw all that clutter about Notre Dame and I was always going to go right. to Notre Dame and had all those crystal ball predictions. And then Eric Bossy this week said Nate Lazuski, uh, Wake is still probably the, the favorite here. And so I think maybe it was just – 
the classic crystal ball tendency of someone following a guy who thinks he has a, an inside scoop and he really doesn't. And then all of a sudden you have nine predictions there. We saw that with Shondi Brown right before his wake visit last year, he picked up six or seven Kansas predictions That's right. and, and he wasn't really, um, I mean, he was considering them, but it, it was completely fake news. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but Mike DeVoe, Nate Lazuski both coming on that homecoming weekend, and, and that's going to be a, a massive weekend for the staff. So let's go to the official visit scoreboard for everyone keeping score at home. Jalen Hoare doesn't have an official on the books. We think he's coming soon, and he's obviously been on a plethora of uh, unofficial visits. Let's talk about him for a second. He gets injured at Euros a couple of weeks back, yeah. but he's back playing this weekend at the Nike Basketball Academy. He's missed most of the AAU season, and his camp's gone quiet. Where do we think his recruitment stands? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, the Nike Basketball Academy, it was his past weekend. He absolutely balled out in front of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Um, he actually led his team with 20 points in a 93-85 victory, I believe was the score. So um, we actually – it's really unclear. He doesn't do many interviews. Um, and so it's unclear what his decision timeline is. Again, we keep hearing good news and that he, he's going to commit in the next couple weeks. Um, Maryland was a school that was always in contention. They filled up kind of that power forward, uh, small forward spot on their roster or on their 2018 class already. So I think we're in a really good spot, but we just got to keep on waiting and, and crossing our fingers. Uh, and then, uh, like you said, the official scoreboard, uh, official visit scoreboard, a lot of guys coming on that homecoming weekend against Utah State. Yeah, that's right. We got Isaiah Mucius, 9-15, coming on that homecoming weekend. Mike DeVoe coming the same weekend. Nate Lazuski coming that same weekend. I would assume another guy we talked about a lot, he has said he's going to visit, but that date is still up in the air. Another guy who's actually affected by the Dotson uh, domino effect, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, so I would assume, I believe it might have been the next weekend on 922 or 929. Again, official visits can change all the time um, in terms of when a guy actually can find time to come up to a school, particularly because he's in uh, the Chicago area. So that, that can change. Um, but Nate Roberts, again, is another name to look out for. He's visiting on 929. Um, and then I think we're second of four official visits he has scheduled to Syracuse, Washington. UConn's another school in there uh, that he hasn't scheduled yet. But he's another name to look out for. So two weeks after those guys, and may, hopefully we have a few more commitments to the class by the time he comes to visit. Let's, take a, let's pause for a second on Drew Drennan because he's a guy we've talked about a lot. You and I both like him a lot. He's not highly recruited. And his camp's been quiet. He was looking at a May commitment early on but now it looks like October and a couple of schools have joined the mix that we weren't necessarily expecting. So the Wake staff might not necessarily be prioritizing him right now. Yeah, it's a good question. So UGA, Georgia Tech, and Wake were the three schools that he threw out in May as coming after him the hardest. He set up three official visits. They're Pitt, uh, USF, and then UGA. So Pitt and USF have come, come out of absolutely nowhere. Um, again, you have five official visits, so he could set up a visit to Georgia Tech and Wake if he wanted to. Um, but the fact that Nothing's been scheduled so far, and Wake has made a priority of scheduling all these guys on either the 9-15 weekend or maybe a, a couple weekends after. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we hear any news about that, but right now I think it's kind of on the background. Let's follow up with our under-the-radar recruits of the week. Idea courtesy of Taylor Chambers. Jalen Llewellyn and Tyree Samuel were our two picks last time. Jalen Llewellyn actually committed to Princeton just days after us doing the last podcast. He actually rose the most of – like a lot of the guys that we're looking at this summer and he goes to an Ivy league school. Let's talk for a second about, are, are we going to start competing with Ivy's now or, or what is the deal there? Well, Ivy league basketball has never had um, a, a, as big a platform in the last 30 years as it does right now. So if you look at the fact they introduced the 
basketball tournament, so the, the postseason tournament for the Ivy League. You have Harvard a couple of years ago with Bryce Aiken and had three four-star commits to that class. And guys are really recognizing the fact that you can play Ivy League basketball, get a great education, and still go to the league. I think that's kind of Jeremy Lin um, a couple of years ago, kind of inspiring that. Uh, Makai Mason, right. who uh, balled out for Yale two years ago in the that tournament. Great Yale team. Yeah, and, and now he's at, at Baylor. So the Ivy League profile is incredibly high, and I think it is going to become more of a – uh, a problem for Wake if we're recruiting against Ivy League schools, particularly for Northeast targets, um, that they're kind of in the Ivy League region. But again, we don't recruit that many Northeast guys um, in general. Uh, we heavily in the Southeast, and then you'll see a guy like Isaiah Mucius who transfers up to New Hampshire or so. But um, definitely an interesting uh, story to follow. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump right into the Demons' Den. I got five questions for him. I'm just going to toss them out. Let's go. All right, Presbyterian game is 11 days away. Who do you got for the first freshman to stand out in the game? Give me a red shirt and a truth. Ooh, that's, uh, Greg Dorch as a red shirt freshman, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, he's been absolutely tearing up camp, and he's coming out of the backfield. He's coming out of the slot. Uh, I think it's going to be a focal point of the offense, and he could lead the team re- uh, reception yards at the end of the, at the, end of the year. Um, true freshman, I'd say DJ Taylor. Again, mm-hmm. we thought him, Chase Monroe, would be able to get time based on Markel Lee's departure, uh, but DJ Taylor is really staying out, and I'm excited to see what happens. And just give some perspective, DJ Taylor was a mid-three-star and mostly a running back in high school. Greg, Dor- Greg Dorch, I believe, was a two-star. Yeah, and he might have moved up to a three-star, but yeah, really under-recruited. Rank of the 2019 football class, when it's all said and done, Brendan Clark got it kicked off in a really nice way. Yeah, and that's going to have a huge impact on the class. I still say uh, mid-50s, in, in between 50 and 60. That's really where the class and classes have lived. Um, it's going to be a bigger class than the 2018 class, but uh, having Brendan Clark, Clark as a part of the fold early on will uh, pay off in dividends. Most likely outcome, the basketball program rolls with 11 scholarship players. They pick up a late commitment or they give two scholars to walk on. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I- I'm going to say 11 scholarship players. Um, I don't think this Taryn Thompson thing, if it hasn't already picked up steam, it's not going to. Um, there's no one to pick up in it as a terms of a late commit for 2017. And two scholars to walk on is only to remove in the next year seems kind of, I don't know, controversial. So I'd say 11 scholars. Who benefits the most from the Dino's departure? Is it SJM, Doral, Olivier Saar? Who was the breakout player of Euros or a guy that we're not necessarily thinking about? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Doral Moore. Uh, SJM, I think, was always going to play at the five next year. Regardless, I saw a lot of great things from him at the end of the year. SAR is going to be a work in progress. I don't think the staff's going to want to throw him into the fire too early on. Uh, but Doral Moore, like, talk about a guy who, in between your sophomore and junior season, you are now the man down low. And he can pick up a huge minutes and really prove to us that he was worth his ranking coming out of high school. What are the chances some piece of news breaks right after we finish this spot? I feel like it happens every time. Yeah, that's 100 out of 100. Uh, the fact that Brendan Clark and Devontae Gordon committed right after we finished, uh, we'll keep doing podcasts all the time. It's going to lead to good news. Absolutely. And we'd be remiss if we didn't include an update about our man, Ben Brazil. Give me that minor league lot. Yeah, let's go. So 28 extra base hits. He's hitting 350 in the New York Penn League. Absolutely killing it. Parker Dunshee, not to be outdone, hasn't given up a run in 31 innings. So I'm expecting a promotion for him pretty soon. But it's exciting to see that these Diamond Geeks do great stuff to Chris. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for checking in. We will give you another Blogger So Dear recruit report in a few weeks. And hopefully some news breaks right now that we can come back and, you know, hopefully talk about a little bit. That's right. Um, I'm Whit Harwood for my brother, Ned Harwood. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at WFU Sports Stats and make sure to read his stuff and everybody else's stuff at bloggersodear.com. We will check back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Go Deeks.